Hi, this is Bill calling from the Culloden Manor Museum and Historical Society. We run tours and haunted house experiences and the like, but we also do research into the period and the Culloden family. And some new records have recently come to light about the family's genealogy. And I think we've discovered a whole branch of the family we didn't know about before. And judging by these records, you are one of the Culloden's living descendants. This actually puts us in an interesting legal situation. It was assumed the Culloden's had no surviving beneficiaries after Mr. Culloden's car crash. So their estate and funds went to forming the historical society. But now that we know there are living blood relatives, we may have to discuss redistribution. If it's not too much trouble, we'd very much appreciate if you could come by the manor as soon as possible to talk about this. Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. And welcome to the new year. Happy New Year! <laughs> this is season four, and we're back to a connected arc, a la Children of Mysaris. And this arc is called Descent of the Culloden's. I'm very excited for this. Danny promises it to be a little bit spookier and a little bit creepier than Children of Mysaris. I don't even know if I use those words. I use the word darker. Oh, a bit darker than Children of Mysaris. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully it's fine. Still not too spooky. It's not a horror show. Uh, I'm really excited. I've playtested the first of these rooms, but unlike Children of Mysaris, I will not be your continued player. I won't be playing in every single room. I will be a character in the story. Spoiler alert. But I'm not going to be playing every single room like we did before. I'm going to guess for anyone who listened to the teaser, that is not so much a spoiler. That is true. That is true. Uh, now, this episode, we're joined by two guests, which I'm very excited to have on to actually play. We have Dave, who made two guest rooms at the end of season one and at the end of season three, and Lee Fay, who did Kaya's World at the end of season three as well. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, so you guys have both designed rooms for us before. So everybody knows your your work in terms of this escape room podcasting area. You're some of our veterans. Uh, and we got a lot of really good feedback on your rooms. Uh, did, you, did you enjoy listening to each other's rooms? Uh, well, I mean, Dave's room was so funny. Um, we've listened to it twice now, and I think I missed a bunch of the tropes the first time. So I got them the second time, and I think I enjoyed it more the second listen through. So it's it's really interesting listening to uh, someone's rooms when they're not Danny's rooms, because I think I'm so trained to how mm. Danny writes her rooms that it's refreshing having mm. someone else's design. Yeah, and on that <laughs> note, Lee Fei's design was so refreshing, so cool. Same awesome puzzles that Danny delivers, but this really neat, really unique theme that uh very fun to listen to. Very fun to play. Yeah, it was definitely done in a way that I wouldn't have thought of. But we'll be able to talk about this more in our follow-up episode when we have a more thorough discussion. I'm yes, looking forward to for that. For people who haven't been following us on social media, uh, we're changing up the format a little bit this season. And so in between each escape room, which will still be coming out fortnightly, we're going to have a little sort of chat show talk about the escape room in between. So we'll be able to talk about the puzzles that were in each room, the sort of anything that went into creating it, any highlights or lowlights of the room. Uh, and because we've got Dave and Lee Fay with us, 
We'll also be talking about their approach to room design, how it differs from Danny's approach, uh, and, and anything else that comes with that. So stay tuned next week for that episode. But for now, we should probably get into it. Let's do this. Everybody ready? I'm hiding behind Dave if it's scary. I'm ready to go. <laughs> now, Dave and Lee Fay, just to, before we get started, which one of you actually received this phone message? I think mm. Dave could receive the message and I could perhaps be a very supportive friend. Excellent. Especially, right. especially if he's going to come into some money. I would be an especially <laughs> Yes, you're much more supportive friend. now. Hmm. <laughs> well, Dave, you never thought you'd be the sort of person to fall into a rich dead relative left you a house story. But after a lot of research, you found that it's legit. Mike and Katrina Culloden didn't have any children on their genealogical records, but apparently there was one, and he's your ancestor. So you and your good friend Lee Fay, good, good friend, called Bill the historian back, booked some flights, and sometime after sunset, you're making your way to the Culloden Manor. You take a taxi from the airport to the Manor Gates. The driveway is so long and stretches up an enormous hill, so there's a limo waiting to take you the rest of the way. It's your first time in a limo, and it's kind of fancy, just as you'd expect. This place is so big, we had to take a limo from the front gate to the house. Dave, I think these guys are loaded. Let's make sure we get all the money. All right, so draw a limo shape. The front and back seats are separated by a glass divider. But as far as you can see, the front driver's section of the limo is very standard for a car. You've got your driver's seat, passenger seat, steering wheel, brakes, rear view mirror, all that stuff. How luxurious exactly is this limo, Danny? I mean, look, it, it's nice for a first timer, but it's probably honestly a first timer's limo rather than an actual billionaire's limo. And like any car, there are headlights, four windows, four doors. It's only the large back area where you're sitting that's really fun. There are two rows of seats, one facing forward and one facing backwards so the passengers can talk with each other properly. There's an adjustable light and air con in the ceiling. And a mini fridge, food cupboard and music player. Oh! This food, or maybe food, maybe champagne. Look, the journey's a bit too short for you to enjoy any of these fun amenities, but it's kind of cool. You can appreciate that they're here all the same. As you sit in the back seat, the limo slowly climbing the hill, you call Bill again to let him know you're arriving. Hey, Bill, we're on our way. Thanks for the lovely limo ride. Uh, Excellent. I'll come out the front to meet you in a few minutes. Sorry about the long driveway. We usually include it as part of the tour. You know, the, the haunted house part. So if you see anything scary, don't worry. It's all part of the... Your phone makes a classic dropping out sound. And at exactly the same time, the limo jolts as it goes over a huge bump. It seems to speed up. And even worse, it angles slightly, veering off the driveway. You knock on the glass divider that separates the back seats from the driver and see nobody in the driver's seat. You scramble for the doors, but they won't open. This car is driving itself. You're trapped inside it. Is this part of the haunted house experience? Somehow you don't think so. 
Somehow you have to save yourselves before this thing crashes. Lifei, you're, you're much more petite than I am. Can you wiggle yourself into the front and take the wheel? Ugh, this glass. Can we break the glass and get in? The glass is pretty solid. It's just a big rectangle of glass. It's almost certainly soundproof. Bulletproof, you aren't really sure, but probably hit-proof. Presumably the driver can open and close it, but if there's some way to open it from your side, you can't see it. If we look out the window, are we still traveling on at a dangerous speed? More or less, all you can see out the side windows is darkness, but you can see that the driveway is moving further and further away. The car is not going quickly exactly, but still quicker than you'd like to be traveling towards some trees that surround the manor. If we didn't have the entry-level limo, none of this would have happened. <sighs> this is also, remember, the manor is up on a hill, so for all you know, there's a cliff just waiting for you at the end of all this. So let's try and unwind wind down the windows. They do not unwind. Let's try and open the doors. The doors on both sides of you are locked and no amount of pulling seems to open them. If I'm going to die, I need to be drinking champagne. Let's look in the fridge. <laughs> you open the door of the mini fridge and fittingly, there's a collection of mini alcohol bottles lined up neatly inside. Again, this is a crow's eye view. So you've got these mini alcohol bottles sitting in one of those plastic things that's like a plastic cup holder for multiple cups. There are 18 spaces with 11 of them having bottles currently in them. There's a mix of brands. I've called them Asper, Backhand, Crash and Diner, but that's just because I wanted them to be called ABCD for ease so that I didn't have to come up with real names. So these bottles are labeled ABC or D. The bottles are full, and if you try to pull them out, they will come out, but it's a bit of a struggle, like they don't really want to be out. Interesting. There's no well, champagne, we're gonna die, Dave. There's we're no die champagne. Solving puzzles. Maybe there's some alcohol under the seats that could ease this this journey. Can we search the, uh, let's start with the, the rear seat. Can we look in the seat and under the seat? The rear seats that are facing forward, so the ones furthest at the back. Yes. They are two very normal seats for the back of a car, except for the fact that they're quite red, which is not the normal color that you'd think for a classy limo. As you examine them for any secrets, something makes you jump. A pounding noise comes from behind the seats, from the boot or trunk of the car. Ah! Three loud, ah! heavy, desperate sounds. Ah! I, I, I try and get that's, behind We're just it. hitting some bumps. You I, know, we're, we're off the driveway. We're just hitting a few bumps. That's definitely not the driver who's trapped in the trunk. Uh, the I don't like it here. I want to go home. <laughs> um, can I pound three times uh, towards the, the boot? See if I can communicate with our, uh, our friend. Who or whatever it is does not seem to be in a communicative mood. Just a jump scare mood. <laughs> hmm. Shall we give the same treatment to the middle seats, the rear-facing seats? Absolutely. So these ones have their backs pretty much against the driver's and passenger seats, except for the glass divider separating them. There doesn't seem to be anything unusual about them as far as you can see, except that their material is blue. You know, it's getting hotter and hotter in here, Dave. 
let's try and turn the aircon up. Yeah, the aircon is off at the moment, so that's not too surprising. There aren't any buttons or controls for it right on it, though. They must be somewhere else in the car. How about the lights? Uh, yeah, that ceiling light will switch on and off. I try uh, the SOS pattern. Do you think it's going <laughs> to anyone? <laughs> If if there are any mysterious ghostly figures around, they don't acknowledge your yeah. call for help. Can I take a deep breath and turn off the lights and just look around? Absolutely. Any anything in particular? See if anything glows. You know how it works. Ah, uh, sure. Well, there's not too much that's going on. So when the car is in as much darkness as possible. The headlights of the car are still on and they're just sort of illuminating the ground in front of the car. Sticks, rocks, a pothole that makes you bump your head a little bit on the seat. Nothing particularly comforting, but also nothing particularly outstanding. Okay, this is spooky enough. I'll turn the lights back on. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Lee Faye, what should we look at next? Well, maybe a snack. What's in the mm. food pantry? You open the door and, ooh, there is a weird collection of neatly labeled drawers and boxes of snacks. You have no idea who chose these. So you got six little boxes of snacks. Okay, from left to right, you read the labels. The first one just says cherry. Not even cherries, cherry. The next one says bread, then limes. Guava, honey, and tarts. I can see why this is a budget limo. Who serves <laughs> bread in a limo? Can we open the boxes? Yeah, and what's in them is exactly what's promised. I really want to eat that cherry dough, but it might be a puzzle. Is one drawer just full of loose honey? Is it a jar or is it just a honey drawer? It's just a honey drawer. <laughs> Sticky honey. This is messed up. Oh. Drawer of old honey. So they're all five letters. Five. No, Cherry's got more than five the letters. Cherry. Cherry's six, yeah. Oh. Let's, um, let's play some soothing music. I agree. A little bit of music would, uh, would help this situation. You take a look at that music player of undetermined brand or style. So it's not actually that fancy. You can't even choose the music. It's pretty much just a small box that has speakers on each side. So like one on the left, one on the right. And the only buttons are the volume button and the on-off button. If you switch it on, the two speakers start vibrating as music pours out of them. If you can call it music. It's mostly a heavy bass beat with very little else going on. The beat is irregular and erratic. It's coming in mostly groups of five beats, some of them strong, some of them weak. And then it pauses and a new different group begins. So there are six beat groups that you notice before the whole thing repeats itself. It first goes like weak, strong, strong, weak, weak, weak. Billy, can you do folly work? Oh, oh, do you want me to go weak, strong, strong, weak, weak, weak? Yeah. As beats? Yeah. Make it happen. Boom. Ba, ba, boom, boom. How's that? Beautiful. Good. Nice. Then the next one. Do you want me to get these up and just do them? Yeah, sure. All right, here we go. Foley work is the key to good podcasting. Uh, and your second one is... Boom, boom, boom. Ba, ba, 
And your third one is ba ba boom boom boom. And your fourth one is ba boom 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 boom. And you're, there's still what, there's still can I guess no, what no. the last two are? Oh. Go and guess. There's a fifth I, one. I, I can't is, do it as nearly as well as Bill. Give it a go. Give it a go. I I might guess that it's ba boom boom boom. Boom. And then ba boom 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 ba. Or possibly it the last could one could be, be. Yes, ba or it would be boom 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 ba ba. Yeah, that's yes. what we've got. That is correct. So what are you what's going on here? You've solved them. You've finished off the sequence. You know this song. <laughs> I it, it's one of my favorites. I was insulted when you said it barely sounded like music. This is uh have you ever dubstepped at this? It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, or or um i i noticed that six six sets of five things matched up to the uh loosely matched up to the names of the <laughs> snacks so if the first two notes were emphasized then we took the first two letters um in, in that case it was i think the second and the third so the h and the e of cherry and yep. then for bread, the last two, so H-E and then A-D. And then continuing on, it spells out headlights. The instant you say the word, you swear you hear a voice. Headlights, sir. Out of the corner of your eye, you see a tiny movement in the front on the steering wheel. One of the dials on it turns and then turns back again. And then back again. There's some sort of dial that's just moving back and forth. And as that happens, the headlights of the limo start flickering in a strange pattern. Oh, I don't like this. This is all so <laughs> creepy. Lee Faye, what do we do? You shouldn't have solved that puzzle. Uh, can we, does it, do the headlights flicker in any particular pattern? You can't notice anything particular about the pattern, but the way that they're now flickering does seem to have some sort of deliberateness to it. The shadows that it's playing with the trees and things outside are forming some really twisted, distorted shapes. You can see claws, you can see spiders, screaming faces, but there's one image that seems to be coming over and over again. It's like you're passing the exact same tree over and over again, the exact same shadow. At first... You see two musical notes side by side, and then they flicker, and suddenly branches are covering them up in a way that looks like hands. And then right back to all the creepy snakes and the fanged monsters. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to go home now. I don't think we need the money after all, Dave. The two musical notes, are they like quavers connected together, or are they crotchets separately? Probably, I mean, for realism's sake, the way you <laughs> everything about this is based in realism, um, I would probably say crotchets, right? That's more, most likely what you'd get out of shadows of trees and rocks. Sure. Quavers, possible, but harder. So we see the crotchets and then hands cover them. Mm. Hands cover the entire musical notes or just the, the stems? The whole, the whole things, whole thing. but it okay. still very much looks like a musical note with clawed fingers sort of pressing over them. What do they look like, Dave? They look like I don't really want to look out the window anymore. I think 
It's trying to tell us something, but I don't know what. So, what if I put both of my hands on the music speakers? You press your hands up against the two sides of the music player, covering the little speakers entirely, and as you do, you realize they push in slightly. <gasps> and when they do, something happens to the backward-facing seats beside you. It's okay. They just fold forward, snapping shut. And now that they're folded down, you can see that there is something on the back of each seat. So if you're looking straight at them, so facing the front of the car, the left chair has a small lever built into the back of it, painted red, pushed towards you. And the right chair has a similar lever, only this one is blue and pushed away from you. Hmm. And so we've got red seats in the back and blue seats here in the middle. And we've got what we can only assume to be a, a vampire in the boot. <laughs> hmm. I was just trying to get out of the sun, <laughs> and now I'm locked inside. Blah. As, uh, as completely freaked out as I am, I see the red lever, and it's just got shiny red button written all over it to me. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, unless you can stop me or thinking something wiser, Lifei, I'm just going to pull the red lever. Push, pull it, pull it. Push it. Push. <laughs> lever it. So that would be pushing the red lever away from you, uh, putting it into the same position as the blue one. And you do that, and behind you, the sound makes you jump. It sounds like a heavy fist punches the red forward-facing seats from behind, from the boot. And the seats collapse forward, exactly like the blue ones. Only when these seats are folded down, it leaves that gap that opens the boot up to the rest of the car. You hold your breath, or wail in terror, waiting to see what's been making this noise, waiting to see what comes out, but nothing does. Dave, you look in there. I'm going to grab the tarts, being the most lethal weapon I can find, and I will uh, I will approach the situation. You take your tart weapon, you bend down, you squint into the darkness of the boot, looking for anything strange or maybe helpful, but it is 100% empty. You breathe a sigh of disappointment, relief, you're not really sure, but it catches in your throat as a loud bang comes from behind you again, behind you. So this time, on the glass divider. And then you hear a voice. Wesley, you madman, pull yourself together, you're driving like a maniac! It seems to boom all around you, you can't see where it's coming from. There's more banging on the glass. Wesley, this is the last time you work for me, you hear? The last time! Open this thing now! The banging goes faster and more frantic. Where is it? I know there's a weak spot. Where is it? And then everything goes silent. So we have to bang on the glass till we find the weak spot. Let's examine the glass some more. All right. So as far as you can tell just by looking, it looks completely solid the whole way through. Can we run our hands across it? Maybe give it slight pushes, see if anything gives more than another? Yeah, you do that, and going around, sliding your hands, knocking a little bit along the way, it makes a nice solid thunk. And you keep doing this until you do find something, possibly the spot that the person in the apparition you just heard was looking for. In the bottom right corner, the glass has a slightly different feel and it makes a slightly different sound when you knock on it. 
It's a little bit higher. It seems a little bit thinner than everywhere else. If there's a weak spot, this is it. Dave, punch it. You punch it and it hurts. It, it doesn't move exactly. You feel the tiniest bit of give. What have we got that we can hit it with? The power of friendship. Mm. <laughs> so you said the boot was 100% empty. Mm-hmm. Well, of, of visible things. I'm going to crawl into the boot. I'm little. And I'm going to search it thoroughly. Yep. Understood. And... It's actually kind of comfy if this weren't a potential life or death situation. You can see why someone would fall asleep in here. Dave is eyeing that red lever. <laughs> no, Dave, no! <laughs> Though actually, I wasn't we... kidding about Shiny the power of friendship. Button. If we crash, this is the end, the, 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 the bit of the car that's probably the safest. <laughs> I feel like that's really not true. <laughs> well, the front's gonna... I don't think that's a message we want to give out to our young <laughs> listeners. Climb it in the boot, kids. <laughs> The boot of the car is the safest part of the car. <laughs> Lifei, you don't see a, a tire iron or any uh, compartments back there? I'm, I'm going to try and Maybe lift. Maybe a, a satellite phone. Lift, lift the bits of carpet that usually are in the boot of a car. Anything, Danny? Yeah, nothing. There, there's not even that carpet. Is there a way of opening the boot? From the inside? Yeah. Nah, it's a bit old-fashioned for that. Yeah. They weren't worried about people being kidnapped by the mafia yet so we do have this blue lever which we haven't endeavored to pull yet um that's true do you want to you want to come back into the main compartment yeah yes all right i'll let you do the honors if you like i push oh i pull the blue lever you tug on the blue lever and whoop um the backwards facing seats suddenly flip back to their upright positions you have to pull your hand back very quickly to stop it getting caught well, we've got our alcohol that we haven't drunk. We can't get into the front. Power of friendship. Power of friendship. We press together. <laughs> Yay! With both, with all four of your hands working at it, the whole side of the glass will slide forward, like a whole centimetre. And when it does, the locking device breaks down or something because the divider drops down into the gap between the seats some kind of mechanical void and you can now climb through to the front seats quick i shimmy through and i put the brakes on nothing happens what the pedal doesn't even push down it's like the car itself is jamming it somehow i try and steer yeah the wheel as well it doesn't turn it's like it's locked in place it's as if there's something about it that just isn't making it function yet. And at its base of the steering wheel, you spot the ignition where a key should go. There's no key. However the car is powering itself, you don't really know, but you have a sneaking suspicion that some of the basic functions won't work until the keys are there. There is one other thing that you see behind the steering wheel, there's a panel of buttons labeled aircon control. Oh, and of course, you can also flick the dial that's on the steering wheel to stop the headlights from flickering scarily. <laughs> I do that. And yeah, cool. I look at the panel of buttons. Cool. It's pretty much you can control the temperature however you want. I put it on. Let's put on the aircon. All right. What's what sort of temperature are you thinking? Cold. Very cold. 
Really cold. I like that. Let's go really cold. All right. Freeze so. this car. Stop it in its tracks. <laughs> you shift the aircon to minimum temperature and you blast it. The air goes cold immediately and you get goosebumps. Your breath comes out of your mouth as a fog. Speaking of fog, so Lee you're in the driver's seat doing all this. Dave, where are you? Um... I'm still in the back, kind of checking things out to include the rearview mirror. All right. Well, while you're sort of taking a look around, you actually take a look at Lee Fei, and the freezing cold air is doing something strange to her. It's almost creating an outline of her face, like an inch in front of where her actual face starts. And Lee Fei, you turn to take a look at Dave, and... Dave, you notice that this frost outline does not follow. It's still there, facing forward, and now you can see clearly it's not an outline of Lee Fei. It's a completely different person. The frost is outlining a ghost. <gasps> I get into the passenger seat. Yeah, cool, and then you stare at it as well. You're both transfixed by this thing. It turns its head towards you, Lee Fei. And when it makes eye contact with you, it seems to recoil in shock and it suddenly vanishes. Well, has it really? Could still be here. And it may very well be the one responsible for you being trapped in this limo. Dave, I think we need to get that ghost to come back. Maybe it'll help us out of this fix. Wesley, do you have any scotch? (laughs) You hear nothing but... The bumping of the car through the trees and the blasting of the cold aircon. Truly terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> could we um Tessa. Could we look at the rear view mirror, please? You see your own extremely concerned looking reflection. And an axe murderer in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> we uh tried really cold. We could try turning uh the AC, the aircon up um really hot, something we haven't done yet. Yeah, I reluctantly do that. You very carefully climb back into the driver's seat so that you can get to the controls, and you blast some hot air. It floods into the limo hot and heavy, and even though you were just freezing, almost immediately you start to sweat, and the side windows go misty with condensation, and you see something on them. On these fogged windows are words written in shaky capital letters. The front left window has just the letter I. The front right says can't. The back left says bear, B-E-A-R. And the back right says anymore. I have an idea, but what are you thinking, Lifei? I'm having trouble writing it down the way that's sensible. What's your idea? So if those are the, the side windows... Yes. It could be... I can't bear it anymore if, like, it was supposed to be on the rear window. I can't bear it. I I, I can't bear it anymore. Sounds more spooky than I can't bear any more bananas or something at the end. (laughs) Although bananas are very spooky. Mm -hmm. There are still uh, some things that you can observe more thoroughly. We didn't necessarily examine the driver and passenger seats. Could we check those out? Absolutely. Passenger seat, from looking at it, where it is, as far as you can tell, it's an ordinary empty seat. 
as far as you can see. The driver's seat, you take a look at it and you can see something wedged between the driver's seat and the headrest, which is, you know, pushed all the way down. There's a piece of paper. I grab it and give it to Dave. Yep, you grab you give it to Dave. It, there's nothing written on it. It looks completely blank. Hmm. If we look at it in the dark. Oh, I like that. Let's try that. Looking at it in the dark just makes it even harder to see the nothing on it. <laughs> right. Uh, we could rub honey on it to see if it reveals. Oh, we yeah. could squeeze lime juice on it. That, that might be a that, hidden message. That's what I was thinking. Lime juice as a invisible ink revealer. Uh, is lime juice usually a revealer or is it usually invisible ink? It smells delicious. Usually invisible <laughs> ink. Um, we could heat it up. Let's take it to the aircon, put the aircon on really hot and heat our piece of paper up. That heat is a revealer. Is heat a revealer? Yeah. It's lime juice and then heat. You lime juice and then you iron it or uh, hair dryer it. That's so not the way I've ever done it. That's fascinating. So I assume, man, if that's a, so if that's a real thing, I'm going to have to consider it. Doesn't it doesn't work, Dave. Of course, you don't know whether it was lime juice that wrote on it in the first place, I suppose. That's true. So if that does work for lime juice, we just started talking about lime juice. <laughs> it doesn't accidentally mean that anything was written in lime juice on this piece of paper. This is so interesting that we all have such different invisible ink experiences. <laughs> like, Billy, wasn't your first instinct to set it on fire? Yes. How would you read it if it was set on fire? You know, well, maybe I'd just die in a car. <laughs> See, I'm basing this off a real one that we had in a real escape room. Mm. So I know it works. <laughs> so we could use the condensation to get it wet. We could uh, turn things very cold. We tried turning out the lights. That didn't work. We could hold it up to the light, like really close to the light. I like that. Hold it up to the light. That is the one that I have seen in a real escape room. The light, when you hold it up to it, shines through the paper and some letters start to glow on the surface. Ooh. You read this secret message, and it looks like it might be Wesley the driver's schedule. It says, Morning, 9 o'clock, post office. Afternoon, 2 o'clock, wheel servicing. Evening, 9 o'clock, Mr. Culloden's meeting with lawyer. Hmm. I haven't gotten to go up in the front seats yet, so I think I'll try to, I'll try to crawl in there. Sweet. And um You do so. Can That's I awesome. can I s- sit in the driver's seat and um can I put my hands on nine and two on the steering wheel? You can. However, once again the steering wheel doesn't actually turn under your grip. Hmm. Wesley's still in control. <laughs> do you think that we have to kind of do something with these words as well as the numbers? got the wheel i was just want to do something with the wheel don't we yeah i was just indexing i get chE if i index 929 off of the descriptions i don't think that really gives us anything though oh like the ninth letter the second letter ninth letter oh that's what that means dave loves to index i'm so scared (laughs) 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 we've got those and we've got the words as well those other words i can't bear any more Bananas. All right, we've got our four types of alcohol arranged in this six by three pattern. Yes. We've got Wesley's schedule here, the nine two nine. Yes. We've got I can't bear anymore. Correct. Am I missing any? 
unknowns. Oh. Believe it or not, this is a searching thing that you need. More searching. So we've looked in the rear wheel mirror, we've looked at the steering wheel, we've looked at the brakes, the glass divider's is gone. Is there away. a... I'm sorry, Lufe, is no. there a... I'm not sure what you guys call it, a, a glove box or um, a, you know, passenger mm-hmm. side... Uh, compartment storage box. unit yeah a, a glove box is fine. not of importance to this okay. so let's just say no for simplicity nothing else on the dash looks significant it does not except for the set of keys at- <laughs> no. um did we look through the pantry thoroughly yes you did so we've looked at this all the seats we've looked at the light and aircon Looked at the mini fridge, the food pantry, the music speakers. We've done something to the windows and the headlights. We've got four doors that we can't open and we've looked in the boot. The question I would ask is, if in real life you'd lost something in your car and were looking for it, where would you look? Uh, We would look under the seats. Under the seats. All right, so... You peer under some of the seats, and it's underneath the passenger seat that you spot something. There's a box there, about the size of a shoebox. You reach in and you pull it out. It's made of metal, and holding the lid shut, you see a little combination lock that looks like one you might find on a briefcase. Three digits to open. Shall we try Hmm. 929? I like the idea of trying 929. You click the numbers 929 into the lockbox, and the lock springs open. You swing the lid open, and inside you see several small bottles rolling around haphazardly. There are seven of them, to be precise, each one lidless and empty. The alcoholic stench still faintly emanates from them. Their lids are strewn about the box around them, bouncing with a tiny clink every time the car goes over a bump. You look at the labels on the bottles and count three aspers, two backhands, one crash, and one diner. So three A's, two B's, one C, and one D. Okay. So for our, our if anyone's doing this audio only, our mini fridge has uh, three rows, six across. In the first row, it's A, B, C, C, and then blank, blank. The second row is D, A, B, blank, blank, D. And the third row is C, D, A, Blank, blank, blank. So seven blanks, and we just found seven bottles. That's coincidence. Just throw them out. I put the put the limes and the cherry in them. Ferment. Yeah. Makes a mead with the honey. Yeah. Lefe, I'm getting a little scared. I want to. I want to get out of here. Me too. I wonder if. I wonder if we try to put it in a symmetrical pattern so that the. Right half mirrors the front half. That, that was occurring so, to me too. I, I think we've got the right number of bottles to do that. So the pattern, if I'm not mistaken, would be Alpha, Beta, Charlie, Charlie, Beta, Alpha, Delta, Alpha, Bravo, Bravo, Alpha, and then the Delta's already there. And then Charlie, Delta, Alpha, Alpha, Delta, Charlie. So fancy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... You squeeze in all of those bottles into a mirror imaging position. And once the last bottle goes into place, you hear a click. It comes from the back of the fridge. You peer in deeper. And even though it's very hard to see, you can feel 
it, when you put your hand there, there's a tiny hidden compartment that's opened up. And inside, you find a spare car key. <laughs> that's where they keep the good stuff. Are you in the front still, Dave? Do you want the keys? I think I crawled back to mess with it. Why don't you do the honors oh, there? Oh, right. I crawl back in the front and I put the keys into the ignition and try to turn the car take control of the car so that I can put the brakes on. Well, yeah, obviously the car's already moving, so when you stick the keys in, that doesn't really change. But you do hear a slight change in the engine sound that the car's making. You look up and your eyes bulge a little bit. The limo is now headed, even faster than it was before, right towards an enormous tree. I told you that's so a So whatever you're going to do... Oh, Act oh. fast. Do can, something can you, fast. Can, can you, uh, or or use you, the wheel? I break, Maybe the wheel works now. I brake gently as during the driver training because you're not meant to just skid them on and turn the wheel to avoid collision. All right. So you spin the steering wheel as hard as you responsibly can, and you put your foot on the brake as firmly as you responsibly can. And even then, the car roars its objection. Uh, you were ex- you were extremely close to this tree and going very fast. In fact, you have to eventually, your nice calm plan isn't going to work. You have to just throw everything you've got into this. And doing so, both of you are knocked sideways and forwards at once. You veer out of the way of this huge tree. You miss it by inches. And two of the limo's wheels actually lift off the ground as you turn. And you brace themselves for a heavy bump as they come down. But they don't come down. In fact, they go up even further. Gravity has disappeared here. You're still braking. You're still furiously clutching the steering wheel. But now the entire car is on its side and still going. It's, it's flipping over. And there's nothing that you can do to stop this. Except, I guess, shut your eyes. Run into the safest place of the car, the boot. The impact when it finally flips is huge. It is much bigger, much louder, much scarier than you could have imagined. Don't try this at home, people. Your brains rattle. Your bodies hurt. And Lee Fei, something white explodes in front of your eyes. And then there's silence. You reopen your eyes and you find that the car is battered but it's right side up the doors are still firmly locked and the white explosion that was an airbag you take a moment to catch your breath and as you do you see that there are four small words written on the bottom of the airbag in capital letters handwritten shaky penmanship and they say to look at myself you shake away the pain you're still stuck in here you haven't finished this yet I can't bear to look at myself anymore. So we've got a rearview mirror we haven't used yet, and I love your connection there, Li Fei. So we take apart the rearview mirror. It's probably broken now. Like everything else, it's looking a little bit worse for the wear, but not exactly pull-apartable. It's still part of the car. This does not bode well, but um, <laughs> can I break the mirror? I would advise not breaking the mirror. Understand standard escape room rules. Ah, uh, also, uh, you've, of course, you've just been course. in a car crash. Probably yeah, don't have you're, the you're strength weak. to smash a <laughs> tiny mirror. I love how standard escape room rules apply to the players, but not to the GM. 
<laughs> Again, if we look in the rear view mirror, we, we don't yeah. see anything you look like in, in you the need... reflection. No, you look like you need a bag of ice on your head, but nothing extraordinary. We can't look at the airbag in it. We can't look at Wesley. Can we Can we get Wesley back and look at him in the rear view mirror? We could turn the aircon up really cold and look at him. Danny's eyes are suggesting that could be a good idea. Oh, we can't see Danny's eyes. Oh, I've, I turned the aircon back on and see if it still works. Crank it up to freezing and see what happens. You weakly reach for the aircon control and you shift it back down to cold. And again, goosebumps start to prickle on your skin. And in the back of the limo, you see cool waves of frost outlining a shape. You believe, this is once again, Wesley's shape. Made of ghostly air, he's sprawled out like he's barely conscious, as if the crash impacted him as well. You can almost make out his transparent eyes staring vacantly at you. We look at Wesley in the rear wheel mirror. You twist the mirror until it's facing Wesley's ghostly figure. His hollow eyes widen as he catches sight of himself, and his mouth opens in a shriek of wind that knocks you backwards. You slam into the limo doors, which burst open under your force, sending you tumbling to the ground. The cold night air hits your lungs, and from where you are, you can barely see what's going on inside the car. The ghost of Wesley looks like it's writhing, twisting in agony, and then the rearview mirror glows an unnatural glow, and the ghost is dragged towards it, towards it and into it. The mirror then shudders and falls from its fixture. You scramble to your feet and reach for it, but from over your shoulder, another person appears, and they get to it first. With one hand, they seize the mirror, and with the other, they reach down to help the two of you up. Well, that was unexpected. The limo's old... Actually, it's the Culloden's real chauffeured car, just rebuilt with modern conveniences. But I never expected it to crash. Uh, I'm Bill. Are you two okay? No, Bill. We're we're kind of the opposite of okay. What was that? He, he has the decency to look a little bit abashed. Uh, sorry about that. I heard the noise and came as fast as I could. Just so you know, that was nothing like our haunted house tours. We don't deal with real danger. That was... Something else. I have no idea what it was. And I know everything about this house. I could have sworn I saw... I think you need to come with me and explain exactly what went on. And this warrants some investigation, for sure. He gestures to the mirror. Your feet still unsteady from shock, you slowly start making your way back to the driveway. But when Culloden Manor itself comes back into view, all three of you grind to a halt. Illuminated by the moonlight on the facade of the house, written as if in blood, are three gigantic words. Culloden's keep out. Bill looks at you a little nervously. On second thought, maybe we should go somewhere else to figure this out. 